Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast. This is your home for shared stories of hope, perseverance, will, and inspiration. Join us today as we share another story that brings to life the underlying beat of our lives. Consider us your virtual friends. Let's get inspired. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast, and I am your host, Regina Pontus. Thank you so much for making the inaugural edition of the Will Within Podcast, the chosen edition, a success. We had a great conversation with Anusha and with Ornella, and it revolved around the chosen and the various aspects of having hope, will, perseverance, and inspiration, and how Jonathan Rumi's portrayal of Jesus in The Chosen has brought those aspects of hope, will, perseverance, and inspiration back to life for us. So thanks again for tuning in to the Will Within podcast, The Chosen Edition. Next time, we're going to be having a conversation with David Eves, and he is the brother of Daryl Eves, and Daryl is the president of The Chosen LLC, which is the corporate arm of the, they had to create a business in order to get the show off the ground. So they did that, and so that conversation is going to be dropping very soon. In terms of today's podcast, we're going to be talking to a woman by the name of Paula Omana. She is an inspirational speaker for sports, Catholic, and corporate groups. She's a wonderful person. She was top women's player and tennis player in Costa Rica and Central America. She since moved to the United States and then became very ill. And she wrote a book about that whole experience and overcoming horrific physical limitations that she had to endure. And she's also written a book about that and it talks about her experience, but also it brings to light a lot of other people's experience. 40 different short stories and it's called 40 Gifts of Hope. So without any further ado, I want to play the conversation I had with Paula. Welcome, Paula. It's so nice to talk to you. I'd like you to share your story because I found it fascinating. And then we can talk about the book, which I really enjoyed. As a matter of fact, I'm giving it to some special people in my life, family members who are struggling as well, that I think will find it inspirational and give them hope to continue. So I hope to God that 
that will work well for them and that your story will get out to everybody around and we can talk about your next project as well as this particular book. And if you can start, just talk about your history, your upbringing, your religious background, etc. If you have any faith or not, or what's going on. My name is Paula Umana, and I was born in San Jose, Costa Rica. It's a very small country, but it's very beautiful, and people love it because it's very green. And I uh, grew up in a family of seven children. I am the youngest of seven. And I, uh, it, at, at the home, sports were really important. So... Tennis was the first sport I, I really take it serious. I remember when my dad brought me my, ten, my first tennis racket, and I took it very, very serious. And I became number one tennis player in Costa Rica and Central wow. America during nine years. Wow, my, that's, congrats. <laughs> that's thank great. you very much. Of course, it was a lot of effort, you know. So um, I was a professional tennis player. And then after that, after 20 years of playing tennis and traveling around the world, I met my husband. He is a Frenchman. His name is Serge. And he uh, brought me to Atlanta, Georgia, to live here from Costa Rica. And we have been married already for 20 years. This year is our 20th anniversary. And we, I remember when I uh, got married and then I started to get pregnant. And, you know, as Catholic mom, you do natural family planning and you never know how many kids you're going to have. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not scary, of course. Uh, it requires a lot of energy and effort, and, and you never know. But when yeah, did you I come remember. To US? Oh, I came to the U.S. in 2002. So it was 20 years ago that and I you came. Were, so you are married, and then you came over to the U.S. here? Exactly. Okay, yeah, I right. remember right. I, I got married, and the next day I moved to the United States. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah. And I remember having my kids. I was always thinking, oh, can I do. Can I be a mom? And, and also, you know, I became a tennis coach in the United States. I create my own company, Coach Paula Tennis. And of course, you know, teaching tennis and being pregnant is challenging, but I figured it out that I was able to do it with the first child and then the second and the third and the fourth. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, I can still do everything. Mm -hmm. My way to be a mom was always active mom. I'm not a kind of mom that do a lot of baking or crafts or reading. For me, be a mom was always, and it's always like, let's go, let's go to the park, let's play tennis, um, you know, let's dance. <laughs> always very active, you know. Mm -hmm. yep. But when I got pregnant on my fifth child, um, you know, something happened to me that changed all my life. I started to get weaker and weaker and weaker being pregnant. Until one day after the baby was born, that was in 2014, 2015, actually, because he was born in 2014, December 7. But 2015 in January, one night, I wake up to go to the bathroom. And just imagine um, you just wake up and you don't feel your legs anymore. Like, like you don't have, you don't have. The lower your the lower part of your body, your lower body, and I just you know fell on the floor, and that was the beginning of the most difficult time of my life. How old were your children at that point? Well, my son was two months old, Charles, and my oldest, Marie, was twelve years old. Yeah. Um, you know, I I had four daughters and one one son. So when he was born, 
uh, after he was born that, that, you know, when everything started. I think the condition started since I was pregnant, but, but it really, you know, blow really bad after that, after the baby was born. Um, the diagnosis was, it was very, very hard to figure it out what was going on. The doctors were so confused. The, the physical pain was brutal. It was very, very difficult for me. I spent around six months in the hospital trying to figure it out what was going on and fighting and trying and always, um, you know, with the mentality of the professional tennis player, with the mentality that I have to push and try, but nothing was working on that time until after months of different, uh, you know, tests and everything, the doctors figured it out that my condition was a neurological condition called CIDP that is very chronic. I became a, per a person that was absolutely paralyzed in a bed for so many months. What does that stand for? What is an acronym for? Sorry, what is your question? What is that an acronym for? I don't know. Nobody knows where that comes from, you know, uh, but... It's something that damages your nerves, mm, okay. but it's not MS. It doesn't come from your brain. It's just outside of your body. Okay. Uh, and you lose all the myelin in your body, so you cannot move, you know. Oh. Um, so it was very difficult, especially uh, after being a super active mom. I remember my kids asking me, mom, can you brush my hair? Or can you help me close this care of this, of, you know, school uniform? And I was only able to contemplate my kids. Uh, nothing else. Not even, not even able to hold a fork to eat. You know, everything was gone. Only my voice. Um, and on that moment of torture is when I really start to learn about, you know, suffering and try to learn the right way to manage it when it comes to your life. How did faith play a part in this for you? Because you did say you grew up Catholic. Yeah, God, God has been and was always part of my life. I grew up in a Catholic family, uh, you know, in Latin America. I remember my grandmother praying the rosary all the time. And we are a Catholic family and my husband too. So that part was also very confusing for me and very difficult because I was saying, God, I think you did a mistake. You know, don't you see I have five kids that I have to take care of? Mm -hmm. Where are you? What are you doing with me? My my children need me, my newborn um needs to needs a mom to take care of. So God has been always very important in my life, uh since I'm it was little a dark night of the soul kind of thing where you felt the distance that God wasn't with you through the struggle yes definitely yeah. yeah i can understand that but in hindsight we actually know that he's with us but we can't feel his presence that's those are the dark nights of the soul that's right yeah that's, but we come right. through that we learn from that though i i personally feel that any adversity that i've had the struggle even if i take a step forward and then i end up taking two steps back i'm still moving forward and that's what the assistance of of the creator of God. So, and Jesus is never far away. So that's the, that's the beauty of the Catholic faith for me. Yes, definitely. 
I don't know if you want me to tell you the second part of the story, because right now I'm just on the sad and hard part of the no, story. No, no, we want to hear about how it turned out. You look fabulous, <laughs> so it's exciting. Well, one day a priest came to my house when I was all paralyzed, and he told me about an idea that I really never heard that much in the past or that you maybe don't want to look at because in life we want to avoid suffering we want to run away as much as possible from suffering but in that in that case it was the first time of my life that I have absolutely no control over my life over my pain my sufferings my children my house the bills on the mail that were like tons thousands of dollars um you know, everything was so difficult. When the illness comes in your life, usually it's a package, emotional, like, you know, financial um, and social, family issues, so many things mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So then you start to realize that there is two ways where you have to put your eyes on. You, if you look at yourself, it's not going to work. If you look at yourself, it's not going to work. You have to turn your eyes to God 100%. You have to know you have to surrender. And it's an amazing exercise. And this priest taught me a lot about offering your suffering. I'm not telling you I'm a saint because, of course, I went through all the stages we go through when difficulties come in our life. You cry a lot at the beginning. You get so angry. People don't understand you. People come to you and say, I'm praying for you and you're going to be fine. And you don't think you're going to be fine. Sometimes you're not fine. Sometimes you don't recover. Mm. But then when you go through the stage of acceptance in your life and you learn about offering your suffering, it's amazing how you get into a stage of privilege and purification. And... You know, Regina, you have been going through so many things too. And then you get in a stage of grace that it's you with the Lord and you know and you know you're gonna be fine no matter what. But it's different. You just look at the things completely different because you belong to him. That's correct. So in my life I didn't knew if God was going to take my life away, but suddenly miracles start to happen a lot. You know, start to come in my life. So many people helped me, thousands of dollars of donations. And then little by little, my body started to come back. And the beauty is that every time something came back on my body, the first day I sit down, the first day I was able to stand up, everything is related to our blessed mother with a specific date with people that were doing peregrinage for me. Um, Everything was related to our blessed mother. So right now, I'm a person with paraplegia. You know, from my knee to my feet is all paralyzed. But God has provided for me so many resources to be independent. So uh, when I put, I I use some special braces on my legs. And when I drive, I use glasses with bioptic glasses. Um, I have a car with a lift and hand controls. I still teach tennis, but I use a scooter. So it's very interesting, but I cannot be more happy now because because producing your life or have a job with all your body is nice. But do it having a disability 
it's it's thrilling it's amazing it's beautiful and knowing that everything has come from god for you and that i see my kids are okay after all this living a day by day and moment by moment just depending on him it's so beautiful you are a perfect witness of the love of christ uh, through all the adversities you know I didn't know about redemptive suffering, which you're talking about, um, until after I got my first cancer. And the beauty of that was just unknown to me, but it's such a gift that we are allowed to experience that and give over our sufferings for not only ourselves to to Jesus, but also for our for our families. So I, I wonderful. Just, I just wanna be sure, I just wanna tell everybody listening to this podcast. Please do not be afraid of suffering. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Mm-hmm. Just surrender on the Lord. Just offer whatever you're feeling. Sometimes our sufferings are not physical, like I'm saying. Sometimes our sufferings are that maybe your husband or your wife, you know, are so mean to you or or maybe your child is not talking to you. It's just sometimes it's just very simple things, but we suffer for it especially women, sometimes we're going through menopause and we suffer for things that nobody understands. So it's very important to really grow on that because that is going to make us stronger. And instead of fighting, trying to be happy all the time, it's better to be realistic and say, okay, this is what I'm living. This is what I'm going through and I'm offering to the Lord. And that's it. Very simple. Yep. Tell me about your speaking engagements. And then also your next projects. Well, I haven't told you about my first book, right, Regina? Oh, when sorry. I was very when I was very ill at the hospital, I got the inspiration because I say I need somebody to tell me what to do when I'm going through all this. And I understand and I learn that the best advice is from somebody that has lived the same situation. So the people that helped me the most was the people or the the, the friends and family that were already having an illness or the paraplegic or the person that was dealing with paralysis. Those ones, how they were the people I was listening to. So I learned and that's why I created my book. My book is called 40 Gifts of Hope. And my book has 40 stories, very short. Why short? Why very short? Because when you are dealing with illness, you don't have patience, you are with pain, You don't want to hear too much. You just need a little bit. So the way I wrote my book is to give to the families of somebody dealing with illness or the person dealing with illness to read one story per day and to give them resources how to live the day by day with that pain and with that difficult time. And through the stories, you get hope because it's somebody else telling you, hey, I went through that. I know what you can do. How did and you it, find these people? They were such wonderful examples. Well, it, Regina, it was absolutely Holy Spirit. I was just going through the process. It took me around four years to write something. It's super simple. As you can see, it's a book that a second grade kid can read or a, you know, or a president can read. Anybody, um, intellectual or whatever. But it was just people that got put in my way in the process when I was writing the book. Yeah. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And then when I was very ill, some ladies came on my house and started asking me, hey, we want to visit you. And I say, no, take me out of my house. 
help me to pay for the transportation because it was super expensive to get out of my house with the wheelchair, with the toilet, with everything. So I start to go to these groups and they start me to ask to share something. And this is how I started to become a speaker without realizing it. Um, so then with the process, the groups start to grow and they invite me to a church and they invite me to another parish and then the French people in the city and, and then in Spanish and then in English. So then I became part of a Catholic speakers organization and now I have been traveling all over the United States uh, to different groups, you know, mother, daughter retreats, seniors, um, you know, women's uh, dioceses different activities everywhere and and i cannot be more happy because i love how god can use something horrible and make it something beautiful and something that that you feel can be useful for the rest of the people so i love this and and i'm here to serve the catholic community or, or anybody so if you ever want to bring me over to your event i will be super happy to participate i love it i love it tell me about the project you're working on now? Well, uh, the two main projects is to keep growing on the speaking engagement. So if you ever want to contact me, you can go to paulaspeaker.com uh, and you can find me there, paulaspeaker.com. And also you can go to, you know, social media as Paula Humana Speaker and you can find me there. And my next project is going to be my next book. That is a book uh, that, I got the rights uh, through uh, the diocese in Madrid in Spain. And it was a priest who wrote a book for the sick in 1958. It's wow. a beautiful book for me. It was the most important when I was very ill. And it's, uh, in the translation to English, it is called Imitation of Christ for the Sick and Suffering. Mm -hmm. This book is an amazing resource for anybody dealing with suffering in life. It's, it's really empowering and makes you feel like really you are in a stage of privilege when it's going to come out. Hopefully it's going to come out very soon on the next six months. Um, but I'm enjoying a lot serving the Lord. Uh, I will be in EWTN next month in a program of At Home with Jim and Joy, uh, sharing about it. And um, I will be in Columbus, Ohio on this uh, very beautiful women's conference coming uh, for next year too. And and it's funny how God is using everything too. Yes. Also for, I'm, I'm doing a conference with my husband. That's going to be fun. And something I really enjoy, Regina, is that every time I go to conferences, I bring one of my kids with me. So it's a really beautiful mother, mother, daughter, yep. you know, time together. Yep. And, and we can share, you know, times together and they can see how God used everything horrible in something beautiful. Oh, that's a wonderful thing to say. Listen, as we end, Tell me about your mantra. What is your mantra? What is your belief system? Like, what is the few words that describe the essence of who Paula is and what you believe? Well, it's very simple. I am created for two reasons, to worship and to serve the Lord. And everything that is around me has to be used as much as is for the goal. That is to go to heaven. That is the focus. That has to be the focus. Mm. So every single situation that comes in my life, that is the first question. Am I using this for as much as go to heaven or I'm spending a little bit more here or not doing the things I should do? So, of course, 
it's difficult. We're human beings, but we are created for worshiping and for serve the Lord. And that is the reason why we should do everything in our lives. Well, Paula, that is a beautiful way to end this. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope when your new book comes out that you'll come back on and we can talk about that soon as well. How's that? Is that a plan? Of course, Regina. Thank oh, you great. so much. I'm, I'm so happy I have a new friend in Massachusetts. Yay! I know. I'm so excited that I'm talking to you. I really am. So this is wonderful. Thank you again. And God bless you. Thank you very much, Regina. And God bless you all. Thanks again to Paula for this exciting conversation. I really, really appreciated her opening up with us. So next time, like I said, very briefly, we're going to be dropping a conversation with David Eves, and he is the brother of Daryl Eves, who was from The Chosen, and he had some real adverse situations happen in his life. Yeah, he became a paraplegic, and we're going to talk to him about how he overcame those situations and now lives his life to the fullest. So until next time, my will within family, be blessed. Thank you.